Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and as we uh, march our way towards 3 o'clock, when Jeff Kaplan will take over and get you home safe and smart. Uh, because that's what he does every day. Uh, we are just uh, awaiting Governor Spencer Cox uh, to join us. Uh, as uh, we've been reporting, you just heard Lindsay Ertz uh, talk about the fact that the Utah State Flag Task Force uh, has selected a final flag today, and that will be presented to the legislature that will take the vote on that. And so the governor was just wrapping up uh, his flag duty uh, responsibility. And, of course, STEM education is vital to so many of Utah's industries and the economy so how do we improve STEM education in the state to meet those needs, to make it more inclusive, reach marginalized communities? And uh, really pleased to have the governor of this great state of Utah, Governor Spencer Cox, joining us. And, uh, Governor, this week you launched the uh, first annual Week of STEM. Uh, tell us about that, and thanks for joining us on a very busy day for you. Well, Boyd, thanks for having me. Thanks for covering for me. It's been a busy day, and uh, I mean, I'm always exci- excited to spend some time with you. We got preempted by the president yesterday, and uh, by the by the state flag today. So I'm glad to be there. Look, you you said it perfectly. Uh, STEM is so important. Uh, I, I don't think people understand that uh, that that really eight out of out of out of the ten most important jobs in, in our state now and in the future have a STEM component to them. Uh, the, the fastest growing industries in our state have a state com- uh, a STEM component to them. And so we really need to focus on making sure that our kids, wherever they live, have these same opportunities. Now, we, we, we have a lot of STEM opportunities in, uh, in, in, in many of our schools, but some of our, our, our Title I schools do not. Um, certainly rural Utah, we, uh, we face those issues. Uh, we see it in some of our multicultural communities where they don't have the, uh, the same options and same opportunities that we do in some of our more affluent schools. And so the week of STEM is really focused on partnering public-private partnerships with, uh, with these businesses that are going to need these future employers to give kids an opportunity. So we're talking about robotics classes, um, hydroponics classes, um, co- competition, the fun part of STEM that gets kids yeah. really excited. Uh, I love that, and I think that's so vital, especially in some of these underserved uh, communities, some of the rural communities. So you talk about coding, robotics, computer science. Uh, we know that it was actually uh, STEM Day on the 8th, which sort of got uh, shouted out by a, a lot of shouting about uh, politics uh, and, and elections on that day. Uh, but as you've had the chance to kind of call on businesses, you talk about this public-private partnership. Uh, what, what are we seeing in this first round uh, as you rolled that out this week? 
Yeah, so we're, we're seeing a lot of participation, and, and we're really excited about that. Um, we, uh, we, we're giving kids an opportunity to be, be chief science officers and, and to learn what that means and what, what it means to, uh, to, to look at different businesses, uh, giving them real-life experience so that they can see, see themselves. It, far too often, you know, our kids, and even we as adults, we, we, we just don't know what we don't know, right? We, we don't have that exposure. Um, you know, my, my dad worked in telecom. I didn't know anything about computer science or, or engineering growing up. And, uh, and so how do we get kids these exposure, the, the exposure? So these, these robotics um, clubs that we're putting in schools as well, these are, again, we have mentors who can come in from these businesses, spend time with the kids, show them how to build these robotics. Um, I, w- I was with some kids uh, yesterday, uh, a Girl Scout troop, that is learning all about robotics. They're building their own robots and, uh, and, and just so excited about, about competing with other schools, getting to meet other people and having these opportunities that they wouldn't have, have otherwise. Uh, another program that we're rolling out this week, this week is a hydroponics program where kids are going to learn how to grow food, right? Mm. The, the science of, of growing food in the classroom, seeing uh, some of the new technology innovation, growing food with less water. That seems like something Utah should be very interested in. And, uh, uh, and 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 making we know that these kids are going to solve the problems that we're facing as a society um, now and into the future, and and making sure they have the tools and and the uh, again the exposure so that they can go into those fields and uh, and 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 get the the, the study that they need to uh, to be successful. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Uh, it's so important. And, and you raise such a, a critical component to that, Governor, in terms of this uh, aptitude versus attitude or exposure uh, to STEM and that we have so many, again, in many of those minority communities, we have a lot of young women uh, who just haven't been exposed to it. They definitely have the talent, the skill, the aptitude, uh, but they just don't have the exposure. And it seems like this is a program that can break down some of those barriers as well. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I remember I, I came home one day and my daughter said, Dad, I, you know, I've decided, you know, she was she was like 11 at the time or 10. And she said, Dad, I, I want to be just like you. I want to go to law school when I grow up. And it was a really proud moment for me. And then I, I just turned to her and said, um, how about no, let's uh, I, and I bought her a, a book on coding for girls. And uh, I, thought, you know, I want I, I realized she hadn't had any exposure uh, at all. And, and she's really good at math. I went to law school because there was no math on the LSAT. She's she's so much better than I am. And I want to make sure she she has those opportunities if she chooses to do so. And that's what this this program, this STEM week is is really all about. Uh, I love that. And it's so crucial. Uh, It's not just uh, for what's going on today. This is not just a nice to have kind of program. Uh, Governor, you're often talking about uh, being able to see around corners, look down the road, because our success can be our biggest challenge and being able to fill those fill those critical roles with uh, Utah students who've been trained and are ready to enter uh, is very much an important long term strategy for all of us. 
Yeah, and, and I think what people maybe don't realize, and, and I know I, I didn't understand in the past, is how w- there is a STEM component to basically anything you want to do. You know, I, I was, I was uh, in, in rural Utah and, and went to a dairy farm uh, a few weeks ago. And, and on that dairy farm, they are using robots uh, to do so, so much of, of what, you know, I used to do growing up. Um, they, they don't milk cows by hand anymore. Um, the, the robots milk the cows. The cows go right in. And uh, and w- whenever they're they're they feel like they need to be milked, they just go in on their own. They get milked multiple times a day. Um, the robots take care of all of that. The robots clean the stalls, and uh, they they needed computer programmers on this dairy farm. Wow. And and so you know we don't we don't think about that. But whatever it is, if if your passion is music, um, there there's a STEM piece to that, right? Programming that goes into to uh, to to, to uh, the, the the computer programs that that people use to make music now and and it, whatever your passion is there there will be if there isn't now there will be in the next few years a stem component to that that and so you don't have to say i'm going to be just a computer programmer right. but by knowing something about computer science you will be better at the other thing you're going to do and more valuable to that institution uh, that's so important and such a critical piece to have that public private partnership uh, bringing all the pieces together in that. Uh, Governor, we appreciate you giving us some perspective on uh, STEM Week and all of these great STEM opportunities here in the state of Utah. So important. And uh, before I let you go, Governor, let's let's bring it full circle. I know you literally just walked out uh, of the meeting uh, with the Utah State Flag Task Force. We know that has been presented. We saw you hold up a T-shirt. Uh, we thought you might be sending one down here for us so we can model. Uh, but tell us, uh, how are you feeling about that? Uh, and then tell us what comes next. Sure. Well, we feel really good about it. Look, this has been a process, um, one of the biggest processes I've ever been involved with. We have had um, tens of thousands of Utahns who have participated. And and what's what's cool about it is it's the first time in our state's history that the public actually got to participate and say what they wanted the the flag to look like. Now, for those that love the current flag, um, that we get to keep the current flag. That current flag is not going anywhere. It will be it will be available. It will be used in ceremonial. uh, 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 things will have opportunities to fly that many times here at the state capitol. Um, but this flag will help us in, in so many ways. Uh, I'm really proud of the design. And I think when people understand the design elements, as, mm-hmm. as was presented today, we had the vexillologists, the, the flag professionals here showing us how each symbol um, works together, representing northern Utah, southern Utah, our Native American tribes, um, the, the pioneer history that we have here here in the state, the blue from our, our, our current state flag, the red rocks of, of southern Utah, the, the mountains, the white tip mountains, there, there's just an incredible amount of symbolism there. And, and it, finally, we get, there are four other states, by the way, right now that are working on new flags as well, because this was never supposed to be our state flag. It, it's, mm. it's a seal. Yeah. Um, and, and they never got through the process of getting a state flag. They needed one for the uh, for the World's Fair. They hadn't gotten one yet. They couldn't agree on anything. So they just they just put the seal on a blue background and sent it in. And a lot of states did that. And now everybody's kind of wishing they that that all that there weren't 30 flags that look just like everybody else's. And uh, and this will be something that I think Utahns can be proud of. The next steps, it goes to the legislature. Ultimately, it's up to them. We've done our job. Uh, the committee's done their job. The people of Utah have done their job. And now it's up to the legislature to decide if they're going to adopt the state flag or not. Oh, wow. And is, was there one thing about this particular design, uh, Governor, that spoke to you? Was there something that really resonated out of those symbols and all of that coming together? 
Yeah, well, so I, I said before that um, I would not support a flag that didn't have the beehive on it. That was really important mm. to me. I think it's the one, you know, it's a symbol from our current state flag that is the most prominent. It's distinct. You know, nobody else is the beehive state. It's one thing that makes us very different and unique. So so I appreciated that. Um, I, I love that they were able to get the mountains on. But, but the star is really cool. Um, this is called the Hope Star. It's a different star. It's a Native American star that mm. symbolizes hope it has eight points on it and uh and we we just happen to have eight federally recognized tribes as well so the fact that the hope star has eight points on it there's just some really special symbolism that went into that and uh, I, I think it's probably my favorite part all right uh, governor spencer cock on a very bu- busy day we appreciate you joining us uh breaking down stem week uh so important here in the state of utah also weighing in on the state flag. I know you got a few other things on your agenda today, but uh, thanks for making time for us. Thank you, Boyd. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. We'll come back with some final thoughts on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. The great one, Jeff Kaplan, will be joining you at the top of the hour uh, to get you safely and smartly home. Stick around. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.